Hilchas day is Perak Hamishi. Aleph. Kishem Shachacham Nika Bechachmasa Vidayesov. Just like a wise person is recognized, he stands out with his wisdom and with his behavior. And he's separated from in the way he behaves and, and the way he understands things. From regular people. Likewise, he has to be uh, unique and outstanding in the way he, in his actions. The way he eats, the way he drinks, the way he has uh, relations with his wife, even though it's in total private, it still has to be done in a, in, in a way which is befitting his Talmud uh, Chacham. And the way he relieves himself, the way he speaks, the way he goes, who he watch, he walks, the way he dresses, and the way he uh, he calculates his words in business, and the way he he get, uh, he also the way he deals with people in business. All of these actions should be noim pleasant sukanim and very much refined. Ketzad, how is this an example? Talmud Chacham, a person who's a Talmud Chacham, lo gargaron. He shouldn't be ravenous. He shouldn't run for food. He should eat foods which are uh, proper for the health of his body. He should not eat of this a uh, an overly amount. He should not be running after Lamalis Bitne to stuff his, his, his belly. Like those that they stuff themselves with food and drink until their belly bursts, until, until they can't eat anymore. And those types of people and that type of eating. It's expressed in the words of of the Nevi'im, I will scatter, perish means excrement, over your face. So Amr Chachamim, the Chachamim said about that Pasuk, what is that Pasuk referring to? Elu b'nei Adam. This refers to those people. Sheichlim v'sheisim. They eat and they drink. Eisim kol yimim kachagim, and they make all of the days like a yontif. In other words, they're always partying all day long. Those are the people that say, "Eat and drink, because tomorrow you may die." Grab the the moment and enjoy it as best you can, because who knows what's going to be a moment later. That is. The, uh, uh, the imp- and that is not a proper way for a person to conduct himself. This is the way Rishoim, wicked people, eat. And these types of partying tables are what Hashigina Kosov, that the Kosov uh, uh, looks down upon. And says, all of these types of tables, molo they're filled with vomit and with excrement, without any room for anything else. a wise person, he eats only one prepared food, a shnaim or two, and he eats from it of that which he needs for for sustenance, but and that's enough for him. A righteous person eats to satisfy his soul, and that's enough. 
Allah Habez. Kishachacham Eichel Niat Zeharoiloi. When a person does eat this small amount, which is fit for him, which is necessary for him, he should only eat it in his house, on his table. He shouldn't eat out in the store, and not in the street, in the marketplace. Only if there's a very, very great need for that. Why? He should not become uh, disrespected by all the people. He should not eat together with the unlearned people. And not, he should not eat by those tables which we described are equivalent to being filled with titsaya, with vomit and excrement, which means the tables of Rishoyim. He should not have many of these outdoor meals any place, even with Chachamim. If it does happen, it happens rarely, but it should not be something that happens commonly. You should not eat meals in a place where there's large gatherings. Sounds like Corona. Well, he's talking here about... about he's talking here about everywhere, all the time. I know. You should not eat out on a meal prepared by others unless it's a Suda Mitzvah. For example... Asudas Erisin and Asuin, Asuda, which is celebrating a wedding, the Erisin part of the wedding, or the Nasuin, the, the actual end, uh, consummation of the wedding. Even then, what type of wedding should he participate in when it's a Chosen who's a Talmud Chacham who's marrying the daughter of a Talmud Chacham? And the, the righteous and the early chassidim, they would not eat out at all from a meal that they themselves did not make. No, not mitzad kashrus. Mitzad uh, eating is a private is a private uh, activity. It should not be done in public. When a person eats in public, it uh, it belittles the Torah that he has. It makes him look more like a. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lack of sophistication. Halacha Gimel. When a wise person drinks wine, he only drinks it to soften up the food that's in his, in his uh, stomach. He's talking here not about making kiddish and things like that when you drink wine for a mitzvah. He's talking about drinking wine as a beverage. They used to drink wine all the time, by every meal. Wine is considered a way of opening up the digestion. It helps with the digestion of the food. So he says, when a chacham drinks wine, he should only drink wine that's needed to soften up the food that's in his stomach. And whoever gets drunk, he is a sinner and he is shameful. He'll lose his wisdom. And if he gets shikr in front of the unlearned people in public, he's disgracing Hashem's name because he represents the Torah that, that he's known to be learning. And if he behaves this way, then it's a chil Hashem.
for the Torah that he learned. And it's forbidden to drink wine later in the day. Even a little bit. In other words, drinking wine not as part of a meal. Unless the wine drinking was part of his eating, the meal. When you drink wine, which is together with your food that you eat, that does not cause you to be drunk. And you only have to be careful from drinking wine, which is not connected with the meal, which is later, after the meal. Well, we said that at the very beginning of this halacha gimel, that uh, you're allowed to drink wine in order to loosen up your stomach so that you should be able to digest the food. Is it the same as Mashka? Mashka is even more. Halacha Now he's going to go into a conduct that a person should conduct himself with his wife, even though everything is in private and there's nobody else there. But still, the, the way of a Talmud Chacham is to behave in a, in a uh, refined way and a sophisticated way, and he should not demean himself. Even though a person's wife, when she's tired, that is, is permitted for him always to have relations. But nevertheless, it's proper for a Talmud Chacham, she conduct himself in a holy way. He should not be available to his wife at all times like a chicken, like a rooster. But rather, uh, from from the evening of Friday night of Shabbos to the next week, Friday night of Shabbos. He has the, the strength for that. Tarnagal is a... Uh, a ch- uh, chickens and roosters are kosher birds. They're birds that many, many people would have around the house and they saw how they acted. And it was an example he's giving that people can relate to. In general, animals only understand their needs. They don't have any seichel to go any higher. That's how Hashem created them. These are all security. That's part of their needs. But people have seichel, and we understand that we have to go to a higher. To a, we have to. We have a higher purpose. Any rate, uh, if you remember Chumash uh, Rashi in the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach, uh, where, where uh, the animals that Yaakov brought as a present to Esau. So there, he bring, uh, there Rashi brings down that from this we learn the mitzvah of Aina that's incumbent on the husband, that it's dependent on his workload. A person who, who has to work very hard on different types of jobs, so the obligations he has to his wife is from, from time to time, depending on the work that he has to do. And when he talks with her, and here he's talking about... Uh, all connected with having intimate relations. He should not speak with her at the beginning of the night when he is filled when, it's, when he is uh, filled with food with and his stomach is full. Not the end of the night toward morning when, his, when, he's hang, when he feels hungry. But in the middle of the night, when the food in his stomach has started to digest, and he's not hungry and he's not full. 
should not be too lightheaded. He should not speak in a, uh, in a un- improper way, in an unclean way. But with foolish words. And even if it's even though it's only between him and his wife and her, private, Harehu Aimer Bakabala, it says in the words of Kabbalah in the words of the Nevi'im. Kabbalah means the words of the Nevi'im. Umagid la Adam Masichai. That there's the famous story. There's the famous story that uh, when Mashiach comes, the rocks of the earth and the, of, they're going to say, Bulachainah. Why did you step on me without saying words of Torah? With, with what are you better than me if you're not saying words of Torah? And the same thing here, he says, they'll tell over to the person, what did he say over in private? Even a, a simple discussion between a man and his wife, he will eventually have to uh, give a reckoning for it, what he said and why he said. And they should not be not neither drunk and not lazy and not depressed. Neither of them, not one of them, not both of them. And she should not be sleeping. And he should not force her. If she does not desire. But rather with the desire of both of them, it was simchasam when they are both happy about it. Yisaper, he should speak to her. And he should speak to her in a light-hearted way, so that that her she should relax. And he should have relations in a in a way of of. And ashamed, as being ashamed of it, and not in a, an aggressive way. He should separate himself soon thereafter. Anybody who conducts himself with this way of conduct, not only has he made himself, his soul holy, and he has purified himself, and he has uh, uh, improved his, his, his way of behaving, Allah, but more than that, if we'll have children, they'll be pleasant children, and, and children that are, that are modest, that'll be fit, to, 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 for wisdom, and to behavior of chassidus. And whoever conduct themselves in the way of conduct of all of the unlearned people, that go in darkness, he will have children like those people that go in that way. It's possible to have, on one hand, a great tzaddik that will have a son who seems to be very, very uh, lowly. On the other hand, he'll have can be a very lowly person, can have a son that's very, that turns out to be a very great tzaddik. Those are exceptions. The general rule is that uh, the conduct of the parents will lead to to find refined children, and uh, if they don't conduct themselves in a refined way, then they will have children that are not refined, and that is something that you don't need any proof. You can just look around.
Allah Avav, Sinius Gedela, Neagim, Samidi Chachamim Biatzmam. Very great modesty that the Talmud Chachamim conduct themselves by in in their own life. La Yisbazu, they do not things that are shameful. La Yigalereisham, don't they don't uh, uncover their head. La Gufam, and they don't uncover their bodies. They don't go around in a non-sneistic way. Vafilu B'Shashi, Yekanis the Beisakise, even at the point. When he has to go into the base Akisha to relieve himself, he hates Anua, he should act in a modest way. He should not uncover himself by removing his garments until he actually sits down. Isn't it for everybody, not only Talmud Chacham? Everybody should be a Talmud Chacham. That's the point. But everybody has to be. These are not. I'm talking about Talmud Chacham. Because you should be a Talmud Chacham and I should be a Talmud Chacham. Everybody should sure, be a Talmud Chacham. But I'm talking about the fact of life. The fact of life is that we Everybody have like we have as as he explained we have and we have and the goal is that every amaharet should become a tamut chacham. The Lambam is not just for tamid chachamim. The Lambam is for everybody, and there are there are that's right. That's what we should all strive to be. When he cleans himself in the base of he should not use his right hand. And he should uh, distance himself at this point from other people. He should go into a private place that's one room inside another room. One uh, hiding area, Amara means a cave, within another cave, and then he should relieve himself. Today we have official bathrooms. Going back many generations, they didn't have that luxury. And going to the bathroom meant there was a special, like it's Pratan and Halacha, it's called an Ovid. There's a special uh, shisel that was used for this purpose, and the shisel was portable. It could be put wherever you wanted to put it. So it should be in a very, very secluded and private space. And if it's necessary to relieve himself when there is no such indoor facility and he has to relieve himself. He should go behind a fence or behind a wall. He should distance himself so that another individual shall not hear the sounds in this atesh if he uh, if he relieves himself with air or whatever, the noises. And if he has to relieve himself and there are no walls, it's a big open field. He should distance himself that another individual should not be able to see his being uncovered. He should not talk while he's relieving himself. Even for a very pressing need. And just like he conduct, he, he should conduct himself in a modest way in the daytime when he's in a base a place of when he relieves himself, he should conduct himself with the same level of tzniyus even in the nighttime when you cannot see. and always a person should uh, should become accustomed. He should accustom himself to relieve himself on a schedule. in the first thing in the morning, and arvis in the evening. Bilvad only these two times. So, so that he should not have to uh, distance himself 
from everybody during other times. If you're an emergency in the street, can you go to non-kosher territory? That's a question of connected with Chil Hashem. Is it, it, will people think you're going there to eat? But that's, uh, that is a good question, but it's, 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 a, it's a going off on a tangent. It's not really Negea to this here. And here he's talking about things that are connected with Tzniyas and how a person should conduct himself with Tzniyas by day and even by night. Halacha Zayin. Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, he should not scream out, and yell, while he's talking, like animals. He should not raise his voice excessively. But his speech should be in a calm, peaceful way, with other people. And when you do speak in a calm way, he should be careful that he shouldn't distance, distance himself from everybody else so that he'll, it appears that he's, uh, his words are in a conceited way that he's higher than he feels like he's higher than everyone else and he will uh, first be the first one to say hello to other people for all people we say we say good morning to non-Jews as well. not just to Jewish people. so that other people should find it pleasant to be near him. But Don has He should judge all people to the say to the side of of merit. In other words. When you see him doing something, you always look at him in a, w- in a positive way. You should speak about the praises of your friend, and not things that are negative about that person at all. You should love peace and run after peace. If you see that his words help, and they listen to, so then you'll say it. In other words, when you'll try to rebuke somebody or to correct somebody, first judge if when you're, you'll speak to him if your words will help. If you see that your words are effective, then you say it. And if you see that your words won't be effective, you keep quiet and you don't say anything. For example, don't try and, and uh, calm down your friend at a time when he's angry. Because you know that your words are not going to be listened to. And you should not go to someone else to ask him to rescind his, his vow at the time when he made the vow. Because at that time you know he's not going to listen to you. Wait until he, his mind calms down. Tiskara means it cools off. And he calms down. Don't say words that you know are not going to be accepted. Wait until you see there's a good time to say it, and then it'll be accepted, and then say it. Don't try to comfort a person at the time when the mess, the dead person, is still lying in front of him. Because he's totally uh, upset. Until he's buried, and then he'll calm down, then you'll be able to comfort him. And likewise, in all types of things like this, do not say words which the listener are, is not in a frame of mind that he can accept your words. Wait until 
you have a time when he'll hear you and he'll listen to you and then say it. Don't say words which are not going to be accepted because you, you, you miss the whole point. The point isn't just to say, to talk. The point is a person should hear you and should receive it and should have a good effect. And therefore, wait until he's calmed down and his mind is in, 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 is re- and he's receptive to your words and then you'll be able to tell him that which you wanted to tell him. You should not appear and show yourself to your friend at a time when your friend is falling through on something. Uh, when your friend is in the process, in the midst of doing something which is a failure, don't go and show yourself to him. You should hide, you should look the other way. A person should not uh, say things that are inaccurate and he should not exaggerate or, or, or hide information unless he's doing this to make peace. Normally when you talk to your friend, make sure your words are clear and truthful in all its details. There are some times in order to make peace... You don't say everything. Like there's an expression, uh, you know to say a lie, but you don't have to say everything. So for the purposes of Shalom, it is possible that you won't say everything in the most accurate way, but otherwise, make sure your words are to the point and they're accurate. The rule of this matter is, Talmud Chacham only speaks words of wisdom are words that are connected with helping others and so on. He should not uh, get into conversations with a woman in the market, in the street. Even if it's own wife, or his sister, or his daughter. A Talmud Chacham should not go in the street with his head held high and his, and his neck stretched out. Like it says, and they have gone with their necks stretched out and with, and with lying eyes. A Talmud Chacham should not go in the street in a way that looks like a... Uh, like he's higher than everyone else, he feels himself aloof, and it's a it's a matter it's a it's a uh, expression of gaiva. And a person should not go uh, with false, very small footsteps that the heel doesn't go past his toes. in a very slow way, like the manner of walking of women, or or the manner of walking of people that are very conceited. Like it says in Pasuk, that they'll walk in these very small and in, 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 in these with very small footsteps, and with their feet they anger Hashem. And he should not run in the streets, like the manner of someone who's out of his mind in a wild way. And he should not bend down his his stature, like somebody who's a hunchback. Ella, but how should a Talmud Chacham walk? 
He should stand upright but look downward. would feel like he would stand while he's davening. And he should walk in the street like a person who his mind is occupied with his business. Also in the way of going of a person, it is recognizable if he is a wise person of of good uh, good behavior, whether he is uh, a shaita or a foolish person, a Talmud Chacham can be recognized be, with his eating and with his drinking and the way he conducts himself and the way he walks, and the, even when he sleeps. And so has Shleim HaMelech said with his wisdom, even in the way that a foolish person walks, Libay Chaser, his heart is lacking. And, and with his walking, he's as if he's saying to everybody, here is a foolish person. He's uh, showing out to everybody about himself, shows that he's foolish. Allah The garments of a Talmud Chacham, Malbush Noevinaki, should be. Garments that are pleasant and are clean. And it's forbidden for a Talmud Chacham should be found on his garments. Kesem, stains, shamnunis, or, or grease marks, and things like that. On one hand, we say he should dress in a nice and clean way, but he should not dress himself, not extravagant garments like garments of kings. For example, Garments of big day zov, yagaman, garments of of gold and purple wool, shakel mustaklim by him that everybody will, everybody's attention will be drawn to him and they'll all be looking at him. Vilei malbushaniim, he should not dress in the garments of poor people. Shumavaza eslevsham that they embarrass the one who wears them. Allah begodim beinim noim, but uh, average medium types of garments that are pleasant. If he doesn't have money to buy. You know, in Poland, they used to put patches when when the garment wore out. Poor, yeah. And when the patch wore out, they put a patch on the patch. And they patched <laughs> it so much until there was no way, but they weren't able to patch it anymore. When That's all they had, so it didn't attract attention. Because that was what everybody had. But if somebody today were to dress like that, it would attract a lot of attention. It depends on the, on where you are at the time that you are. For example, if somebody was to, get, was to dress himself today, like the garments of the Talmud Chachamim of a thousand years ago, it would attract attention because that's not how people dress today. He should not wear garments that you could see through his flesh, through the material. Like the very thin uh, linen garments like they make in Mitzrayim. You have these garments which are called sheer, that the material is so thin that you could see through it. Because that's not sneeze. His garments should not be dragging on the earth. Like garments of those that are very, very conceited. He should only reach his heels and not further. And his sleeves should not go past the beginning of his fingers. Not let his talis, his garment, hang. 
instead of wrapping it around himself. Because it appears like the, an attitude of, of uh, conceit, of gasruach. Only on Shabbos alone, if he's not able to change it for another one, and he has to wear it to take it where he's taking it to, so he can let it hang. In the footnotes here, he explains that it was the manner of behavior of the very rich to let their garments hang down so that they should appear to be larger than they really are. And therefore, a Talmud Chacham should not do that because he appears like a Gasruach. Rather, only on the COVID Shabbos, when he has no other garments to change other than this one, he's allowed to wear it and let it hang down. This is connected to the type of garments they used to wear in the times of the Gemara. He should not wear shoes that have patches. One patch on top of the other. During the summertime. But in the wintertime, in the days of the rain, you're allowed to wear shoes of that sort. If he was poor. So that you should wear shoes that are protecting your feet. You should not go out into the marketplace uh, perfumed, and not with garments that are perfumed. You should not put uh, perfume in your hair. But if you did smear on your flesh something that has a, a, a scented odor, in order to remove the the sweat and the dirt, so then mutter it's permitted. Like, for example, um, uh, antiperspirant and stuff like that. not go out alone at night. Unless it was a regular schedule of his, let's say, to go out to a kvius of learning. Why should a Taman Chacham not go out alone at night? Call Elo, all of these things, the perfume, and going out alone at night is because it will arouse suspicion. People will think that he's going out for some illicit purpose. Halacha Yud. Talmud Chacham Mechalkel Dvarav B'Mishpat. He calculates all of his matters B'Mishpat with a, uh, in a in a calculated way. Eichel V'Sheisa. He eats, he drinks, Rizan Es Anshe Beise, and he... Uh, and he provides for the people of his household, depending on how much he has, how much money he has, and how successful he is. He should not bother himself in household matters more than necessary. The Chachamim have commanded in, in the conduct of a person in worldly things, a person should not eat meat not that often only when he uh, only when he has a strong desire for it Shinamar, like it says when your soul will desire to eat meat in other words don't eat meat often only occasionally labari <laughs> it's enough for a healthy person to eat meat once weekly. And if he was a rich person, 
that he was able to afford to eat meat daily. So Eichel, he may do that as well. And the Chachamim have commanded, and they said, Always a person should consume that which is uh, healthy for him, depending on how much he can afford. And he should, well, when we say haroyla, means that which is fitting, befitting for him. According to how much he can afford. And he should dress in garments, like is befitting for him. And he should honor his wife of one of his children. More than is befitting for him. For yourself, low key. For others, you can respect them more than they deserve. Yeralef. Derech Baledeya. It is the proper way of people with good manners, with good uh, good uh, behavior. Sheyik Babalei Adam. That a person should establish for himself Malacha, a source of uh, a work, a job. Hamifarneses Eisay Tchila. First, he should establish for himself a type of a work that gives him Parnas, that gives him sustenance. And after that, he should buy himself a, a, a house to live in. And after that, he should find a shidduch and marry a wife. This is the seder. First, make sure you have parnosa, then go buy yourself a house, and then get married. Like it says, Soldiers who are going out to fight, and the Kayan asked him these different things that they shouldn't, if they were not yet uh, fulfilled in these areas they should go back home so what's the order first he says who was the person who, who planted a vineyard and did not take the, uh, take the fruit to Yerushalayim on the fourth year he did not pass the years of, of Arla and so on yeah. Who is the person who built a, a new house and he did not uh, make a chinuch habayis? He did not go move into the house yet. And who is the person who is, is committed to marry a woman and didn't marry her yet? This is the order. First comes the, the karim, which is panasa. Then comes a bayis chadash, and then comes eres isha. But the foolish people, they first start with Lisa Isha to marry a woman. And after that, if, it, if the opportunity presents itself, he'll buy a house. And after that, at the end of his days, he'll go around trying to find some type of job, some type of profession. And if not, he'll just... Uh, He'll just uh, provide for himself from tzedakah. And likewise, he says in the Torah, in the Vorim, where he talks about the, the klolis, the not good things that happen if we don't do what Hashem wants. Isha Saares, first he says you'll marry a woman. And then he says you'll build a house. And then he says, Karim Tita, you'll plant a vineyard. Your actions will be opposite, first in the wrong order. And this is the Teichacha where he says about what's the bad wow. things that will happen. Your actions will be opposite oh in order that your ways will not be successful. But in the, the opposite, when he talks about the blessings, who Amr he says, 
and David in all his ways was wise and then Hashem was with him because no, he did everything in a wise way Halacha Yud Beis it's forbidden for a person to 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 make hefker or to give to hektish uh, to give away everything that he owns call of all of his uh, belongings and then it'll become a burden on others to, to support him a person makes money and he'll say I'll be a big tzaddik I'll give everything away to hektish I'll give everything away to tzedakah I'll give I'll make everything hefker so much flower in his but then but then if he does that he'll become a burden on the public he should not sell his field in order to buy a house because the field is something that provides parnosa and he should not sell his house and with that buy things that are movable objects that can get lost or he should do a business with the money from selling his house don't mortgage off your house and use the money for an investment and then you lose the money and then you lose your house. A lot of people do that. That's why he's telling us not to. But the other way around. You could, it does make sense, you should sell your metatlin, your movable objects, and with that money buy a field which is, uh, which is more permanent. The rule of this matter is, he should put his efforts, his focus that his uh, properties should be successful, and to transfer, to, to convert that which can get lost and get and get uh, get used up, something which is everlasting, which means like switch metaltalin for karka, because karka doesn't move, karka is staying there always, whereas metaltalin can get consumed, get used up, get lost. And his intention should, should only be to, to have benefit from it in a temporary way. And not just to um, show off. And then he'll lose all of, his, uh, all of what he owns. He's giving you general rules. He's not telling you details because everything is dependent on the situation. He doesn't say details. It doesn't mean you should sell everything, all your metaltalin. If you sell all your metaltalin, you'll have a house that has no furniture. You won't have a cha- table, you won't have a chair, you won't have a bed, you won't have a light. So everything is, uh, has to be taken in context. Uh, in general, if you have lots of metaltalin, you should convert the metaltalin to nechassim, to tekarka. Because kar- nechassim, I mean, metaltalin have a tendency to to get lost or to get used up. They're not permanent. And the, and karka, land, is permanent. If you have money to invest, where should you invest it? So he says, invest your money in something from less permanent to something that's more permanent. It's all a calculation depending on the situation. He's not telling you, buy land and don't keep money. He's not saying that. He's saying that, in general, your folk, your, your direction is convert that which gets used up for that which is permanent. It's a hanhaga, it's a shita, it's a um, philosophy, it's a philosophy of behavior. Gold can be stolen. The famous story of of, uh, of Yosef Maker Shabbos, you know the story? Where they had this parrots who who was worried that somebody's going to steal everything from him. So he took all of his, all of it, everything that he owned and he bought with it something very valuable and he put it in his hat. Came a big wind and the hat blew away. Halacha Yid Gimel. Masoim Atonin Shaltamat Chacham. 
the business dealings of a Talmud Chacham, the Emes of Amuna should be conducted with truth and integrity. Aymer Allah love, he should say that which is not, that it's not. For Alhain Hain, that which is, he should say it is. He should be accurate and to the point. Medaktek Allah should be very uh, exact with himself on his calculations. But he should give extra and be uh, forgiving when it comes to others. When he takes things from others. And he should not be too particular on them. For example, I'll give you a, I'll give you, yes, for example, uh, when somebody comes to you to buy a pound of food, don't be exact to give him exactly a pound. Give him a little more. You lose. Give him a little more. A customer like this, you lose. That's right. And that's the way Talmud Chacham behaves. Yes. And that's the way Talmud... No, he says, when you're talking... The Talmud Chacham is is calculating for himself. When he's calculating for himself, he should be exact, not to take anything extra. But when he's calculating for others, he should be very, very generous. He should be very generous. And he pays for the money of this purchase immediately. He doesn't say, I'll come back tomorrow and pay credit. you. I'll pay you. How about the credit? All the businesses are based on credit. If the business is based on credit, then that's okay. It says that a Talmud Chacham who buys from in the store and doesn't pay, it's a Chil Hashem. That's what it says. Now, why is it a Chil Hashem? All the stores are set up to buy on credit and to pay back later. And the answer is, if that's the Seder, then it's not a Chil Hashem. But when the Seder is to pay right away and you go to the store and you buy something and then you tell him, I'll pay you tomorrow and the guy has respect for you so he doesn't have the chutzpah to say, but I need the money now. Because you're a Talmud Chacham, he'll give you the... He'll, he has respect for you. But that contact is a Chil Hashem. So don't do that. If the system is that you have to pay when you buy, don't tell him, I can't pay you now. You give the money for the purchase that you do, you pay him right away. And a Talmud Chacham does not become not a guarantor on a loan, meaning that uh, if the borrower doesn't pay back, then he has to pay back. And he doesn't become a guarantor of the sort where he takes the place of the, lo- of the borrower, that the lender will come to him directly to collect, and then it'll be his problem to go and try and collect from the borrower. Now, if the borrower doesn't pay back on his own, the lender won't go to the borrower to ask. He'll go to the guarantor to ask, and then let the guarantor deal with the borrower. And then the last thing is, well, Yavah Bashah, he should not take the place of a uh, power of attorney. He takes over the permission of the individual to do his financial dealings for him. All of these three things, uh, he's getting himself into trouble because there's very common that these types of uh, people, something something doesn't work out right and then somebody's fighting with somebody. And Talmud Chacham doesn't want to get himself involved in something that could lead to Machlekes. And therefore, uh, Talmud Chacham keeps away from these types of things. It's not absolute. There are times when being an Arif for somebody else is a big milz chesed because a person needs a halva and he can't get one without a good Arif. So sometimes being an Arif is uh, an act of uh, a great act of kindness. But in general, a Talmud Chacham tries to keep away from these things because these are uh, areas that 
Machlekes is very common. Mm-hmm. He uh, obligates himself in matters of buying and selling, in matters of business with Mokim, and even in a place like where the Torah is not obligated. He commits himself even more than the Torah obligates him to. In order that he stands, he keeps his word, and he doesn't uh, uh, go back on his word. Even in matters where he's allowed to change his mind and break a sale, he doesn't. He st- sticks to his word so that he shouldn't cause a loss to someone else or a disappointment to someone else. And if somebody else is obligated to him in judgment, Marich, he he has lots of patience and he waits a long time. And he forgives them. Omalvan, he continues to lend the Chaynin and continues to have uh, to have Rahmanis on other people. We should not uh, infringe on the on the uh, trade of his friend. For example, don't open up a store next to your friend's store and sell the same the same items. He should never cause pain to other people forever, Bahaiv done his in his lifetime. The rule of this matter is rather be those people that are chased after, that are being, uh, that are being uh, harassed. from not those that harass others. from those that are shamed. and not those from that shame others. Adam in a person that does all of these act, act, actions. And like them, he behaves in this noble way. A cause of Amr, the Pasik says about him, Vayemali, and he said to me, Avdi Atta, Hashem says, You are my servant. Yisrael Yidin. that with you I will pride myself. The Avishtir has a lot of nachas from people that behave in this way.